bestie, welcome back to your Orthodox Besties podcast. We are your hosts, Miriam and Mary, and we're so glad you're here tuning into candid conversations about your burning questions. If you're new to the podcast, this is a hotline style show for youth and young adults, meaning you write in your questions and we discuss them here in a short, sweet, and significant dialogue. Through our faith, experience, and knowledge, we hope to challenge your thoughts, encourage you to better understand yourself, and help you see the value you bring to this world as Christ intended. Please remember that every situation is unique to its circumstances, and our answers are not meant to be prescriptive in any way. And with that in mind, let's dive in to today's question. Okay, so we are back and we are incredibly blessed to Mm. have Father Paul with us here today, who is not only a priest uh, in Toronto at St. Silouan, but he is also a dear friend of ours. So Mm. thank you so much, Father, for being here with us. That's very much my pleasure. We're so glad you're here. Okay, I'm actually really excited about today's question because I Wait, you're not excited about all of our questions? (laughs) 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 Just because I think we've all asked this at some point in our life. Sometimes I feel like God isn't listening to me. How can I overcome this? And how can I learn to accept God's plan for me when it's not the plan that I had for myself? Mm -hmm. I think I've asked that yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. and, you know, how uh, there's a lot of profundity to this question because it's uh, very much a requiring a person to relook at the what they imagine their life in Christ actually means. So at the outset, I would say God, as Saint from the Syrian said, is a manic lover of mankind, of you, of me, of every personal individual. Saint Augustine said, it's, it feels as though, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, that you've left the whole universe and come and came to me alone. And so God is intimately personal with uh, each person. He listens so attentively. Nobody will ever understand any one of us the way that God does and takes a personal care and interest. Even, in fact, no matter how far the person might be from God, how much of a sinner they might be, every single person who has ever lived has been special as though they were the only person They were precious, and you are precious in the sight of God. And God does listen to you. Now, you might say, it doesn't feel like he listens to me because the things that uh, that burden my heart are not being addressed. And I would say that even in that, there is a kind of listening. Sorry, I just think, I think when we are thinking that way, it's because we're expecting a humanly response almost. It's like Mm -hmm. when I'm speaking to a friend and I... I know that they're listening. They're responding to me in some sort of way, whether it's like through their facial expressions, Mm -hmm. through their words, through their actions. Like I feel like they're listening. So I think sometimes we expect almost like a humanly response from God Mm -hmm. in order to know that he's listening. And especially when you describe that intimate relationship that you're, that you're speaking of the only intimate relationships sometimes that we can understand are the ones between humans like we don't really know how to translate that to god in in the way that you're describing mm-hmm. and you know the experience of even many saints people who were faithful and devoted to god through and through even had very similar experiences the, a, a relationship with god is not something that's easily understood or you know could be you know put into a box or you know there's no easy answer to this 
yes, you know, God will not just appear and sit on the opposite end of your couch and have a conversation with you in so many ways. But we do, if we remain faithful to him, have the potential of hearing him in so many different places, in uh, reading of the scripture, in the prayers of the church, in the beauty of the world around us, in uh, the tragedy in the world around us. Uh, he speaks to us and calls us. And in fact, actually, uh, in, as we understand, the kingdom of God is within, you know, as scripture tells us. And sometimes, in fact, becoming even deeply personal with yourself in prayer, you begin to hear the voice of God speak back to you. And this is not something that happens just, you know, it might sound very, uh, uh, you know, very pie in the sky. This is a kind of thing that uh, a person maturates into the faith and has an experience of. Uh, a person needs to, you know, dedicate themselves to something. You know, it's sort of sometimes when we say we can't understand God, and God is difficult to understand even at the best of times, is sort of the same way a person who hits the gym for the first time and wonders why they're not, you know, uh, they're not able to lift 20 pounds more than the, you know, one hour before they came to the gym. Uh, a lot of this is a bit of a discipline that is ongoing, uh, you know, in order to hear God as best as one person can. I think it's also about making space for that voice too. Like, oh yeah, you think about that that still small voice that we're supposed to be listening for. When is it in in our daily lives? Is that ever getting an opportunity? Like, it seems how many minutes a day? If you really think about it, how many minutes a day are you in complete silence? It's, it's such a good point, Miriam, that you're pointing out there. You know, we bombard ourselves with so many other things or are completely uh, disincarnated from uh, the moment we're living in some sort of uh, alternate reality on, you know, social media or what have you. You know, we're so inundated. Our, the, our spirits are being completely drowned out by uh, the noise, pollution, the, the pollution of just, uh, you know, everyday life that, of course... It becomes difficult sometimes to hear the voice of God in that place. And, you know, for that reason, a lot of times you understand that people go on pilgrimages or retreats and or they go even to a church and sit there silently. And there's this kind of warmth, this beauty, this better understanding than, you know, the glow of your cell phone will offer. I always say that if you're looking for God to communicate mm -hmm. with you, like instead of just like you're praying in the moment and wanting a response right away but if you're looking for god throughout the day to respond to something mm -hmm. or to hear him somehow you could hear it through maybe a friend you mm -hmm. could hear it through maybe mm -hmm. an interaction that you have like mm -hmm. i think when we're looking for it when we're looking for god's response i think sometimes we can find it in the littlest things absolutely but sometimes we just want that immediate response mm -hmm. and then we're like he's not listening right no i entirely what you say is true there mary uh life will very often teach us uh, especially when we're oriented towards the the good the beauty the beautiful and the true of life uh, and in those moments you know we'll hear the voice of god in uh, the words spoken by a friend or in an interaction that we've uh, noticed or even the silence of nature or a situation or a thing that we read you know uh, god speaks to us in so many manifold ways 
And uh, it's because he's within us. And so if we allow that opportunity to have him, uh, to have his voice be heard, you know, to be echoed by uh, something that we recognize outside of us, then we hear him so so clearly, perhaps, at that moment. But you're right, yeah, it isn't as though it's a, you know, um, you know, he's not a genie and we don't press a button and then there's no, you know, uh, automatic response reply. You know, when I think about the difficulty that comes with God's silence or what can be interpreted as God's silence, whether it's me not making enough time to hear him or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it is that I'm going to him fervently with the same prayer over and over again and I'm just not hearing anything back. How do I not fall into the trap of God's silence is indicative of his absence? Yes. You know, that's... That's a thing that many people have struggled up and down the centuries. We even see, you know, that this temptation comes to many people in Scripture that sometimes, you know, where are you, God? How long, O Lord, uh, will you leave me? You know, and you could even see it in in some uh, aspects of the Psalms. It's a real human experience. I would want to impart on a beloved one who feels this way is God doesn't ever leave us. And uh, to further that, it could be that even in the silence, if we have the fortitude to continue to move forward and that we requested of him, that we have an assurity that he's bringing us from glory to glory, that actually we are being built up and uh, that this is ultimately in some way that's beyond our understanding for our salvation. Um, And that might be difficult to... uh, to hear, especially when a person feels like, if only I had this one thing, then my life would be set in order. And sometimes even the, uh, the you know, when that isn't being fulfilled, I, I would say we thank God for both what we have and what we don't have. You know, in the, in the Coptic rite, uh, I very much enjoy and will always uh, look fondly on people who uh, kiss their hand uh, both the inside and the outside of their hand when uh, the priests prays, let us give thanks. Uh, because uh, in all thanksgiving, we give thanks to God for both what we have and for the things that he retains from us, the things that perhaps we yearn for and that he does not give. We understand that even that which we lack, you know, as painful as that might feel, can still be uh, for our salvation because he loves us. And uh, that requires a bit of spiritual maturity to sometimes accept, especially in those moments where what it is that you desire can be seen as a good and is, um, and you can't make a strong argument for why it shouldn't be. Okay, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I'm just the type that always looks for practical ways to mm-hmm. approach this. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking to hear God in my life or see God in my life, to prayers that I have or whatever it might be, are there any practical suggestions that you have that I could possibly or potentially hear the voice of God? Mm-hmm. There, there. of course, you know, we can trot out a few things. What I would first want to say to anyone who is trying to be practical is you got to always play the long game. 
in everything you do in life. If uh, a thing isn't working because the first time you attempted or the time that you really wanted it, uh, it isn't responding, then, you know, perhaps you're not really providing enough space, as uh, has been said, for God to act and to speak. You know, there have been many times where you could look up and down scripture and even in the lives of saints where there was great... Um, great quiet and great frustration on on the people who had to endure in that quiet but they did and then ultimately in the fullness of time god spoke um as far as uh attempting to hear him daily because i think at least we ought to be open and receptive uh to attempting to hear him i think that we need to practice a lot more uh a lot more of an interior life lot more, uh, which I mean by uh, a bit more stillness. You know, a person empties themselves, whether you realize it or not, when you start scrolling through, you know, your Twitter or your Facebook or your Insta or whatever, there's a lot of you that gets like pulled out of your heart. And so it's not really interior, it's very outside, you know, so you're not actually being self-preserving. You're almost in some times, in some cases, especially if it becomes uh, too much of your life, it's a bit uh, abusive personally abusive unto yourself. Um, so that's one way that, of course, you'll be stunting the ability to hear. So you need to take time, go inward, uh, become quiet. And, you know, of course, I would definitely say that to have an authentic prayer life uh, is also very genuine. And I think an authentic prayer life isn't about uh, ticking off the boxes and making it big and large, but it's about having uh, God be at the fore of your life, um, you know, I, when I arise, I think of him. When I go to before I go to sleep, I think I uh, appeal to him. Uh, when I eat, I'm so grateful, so I speak to him. And I think in these small practices, you know, I'm a bit reminded of uh, the movie Karate Kid, uh, the child that's being, or the teenage boy that's being uh, trained to become this karate master. He has his coach tell him to do all sorts of strange things like wax his car, paint his fence, you know, things that, you know, seemingly have no uh, value to making him into the karate kid that he ultimately becomes. But it's in his patience, it's in his endurance, in his fidelity, that uh, ultimately he realizes that he has more uh, understanding of what is uh, martial arts. I think in our fidelity to prayer and our fidelity to attending the liturgical services and our fidelity to uh, reading scripture, uh, we ultimately, maybe not in a moment as it were, but in time, uh, begin to hear God speak to us. And it could be in very small ways, you know, and I think a part of what it is that we also do violence to ourselves is that we expect an essay from God. But it might just be a single line. It might just be a single word. It might just be even a single gesture, you know, that sometimes is the voice of God that speaks to us. And I would say, how do we discern whether this is the voice of God or some other voice? Is what is drawing you to become fully alive? You know, and you can see that in, in your life. You can feel it. It's, it's tangible. Uh, when something causes you to become fully alive, uh, without sin, that is God, you know, that draws you into greater and greater beauty, personal beauty. You've said this multiple times, the fully alive term. What what do you mean by that? What does that mean to be fully alive? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say to be fully alive means that you are wholly, fully who you were meant to be. That uh, you are not enslaved by, certainly you're not enslaved by sin. You know, I don't think there's a complete prescription on what it means to be fully alive. But what is certainly true is that you are fully who you were meant to be. A child of God, free, innocent, full of opportunity and potential, uh, who has a zest for life who is uh, unencumbered by sin, who is uh, open and, and with the joy of the Lord in their heart. And this, even in the places of the depths of hell, you, be, you can become fully alive. You know, I think of uh, saints like Mother Maria of Paris or uh, the Catholic saint, St. Maximilian Kolbe, uh, who even in, uh, in, you know, respectively Ravensbrück, and in Auschwitz, became so alive that they could see the uh, the cry of the heart of people around them, and that they became large, uh, and their hearts were enough to encompass the other the herd of others, and they did spectacular things, living up to uh, the fullness of who they were. They became giants upon the earth, and of course, the, by the way, this isn't something that happens in a single moment. But becoming fully alive is actually a process that we in uh, Orthodoxy and in uh, the Church have always known, even continues into eternity. Uh, union with God is what draws, is what allows us to become fully alive, because God is life, and union with Him is is what uh, draws us into greater life. So I just want to go back to something that you said, especially after again, painting this really beautiful goal that we're trying to strive towards, where it's not actually only about our personal relationship with God and hearing his voice and knowing his plan for our life, but also looking outside of ourselves and being in touch with the needs of others. And it seems to me like before we can even start to go um, in that path, you mentioned self-destructive behavior and things that keep us enslaved to sin. And I know we've talked about this before in other episodes, but it's definitely worth kind of coming back to here, especially with you, in that when we are constantly attached, for example, to our phones, to social media, even to our, our friends, like things that we're leaning on as crutches, how do we disconnect ourselves in a way that allows us or opens us up to hearing God's voice a bit more clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a part of uh, the beauty of adolescence and into young adulthood is uh, community, is uh, friendship, is being with other people, is that excitement. It's all, it's all you know, at, at times when it's good, it's great, and it just feels like, you know, the jokes roll, my understanding is being heard. It, it's so lovely. And as much as that's good, and it is very good, in fact, uh, ordained by God, it's built right even into our our biology that we yearn to be in the company of other people, many of us, that is. Some people, of course, you know, they're a bit more on the automatic interior side. I would say that for each person, there is a need for retreat. Life can't be completely just one way or the other. Um, and what I would say by retreat doesn't just mean going into your room and locking the door. 
but I would say more than that, it's about quiet time. It's about silencing. It's about maybe lessening the noise and not hearing so much. I think that we can actually become very attuned to the voice of God, uh, especially there. But also, of course, you know, I don't want to undermine that you could even, as was said earlier, that we can even hear the voice of God in our relationships and our friendships, for sure. But there also, where's the counterbalance? Where's the other? You know, it can't just be just one way, you know. Um, steak is great, but you can't only eat steak for the rest of your life. And I think that uh, having uh, a well-rounded uh, balance of uh, how you live it will certainly allow you more pathways to uh, discover things that you might not have been able to. You know, like hanging with the crew is great, but, you know, there has to be something else too. Okay, so to go back to the second part of the question, um, what if the plan that you've envisioned for your life is just not, you're not seeing it happen, and there's a frustration with God about that? How do you move past that? I think when you're new to that scene, you know, as a child, you don't so much have a lot of... uh, intentions that you feel are frustrated i mean there might be you know small things you you know you're but really most wanted a bike i really exactly yeah <laughs> really wanted a bike and then you know you just you understand you take for granted that you know you trust the adults in your life that they for the most part you know i'm speaking about the general person for the most part that they you know that everything is as it's supposed to be in fact even in perhaps even more devastating situations even kids sort of take for granted that even in the uh, even in the lack of love that they have, that this is the way it's supposed to be. Um, how tragic, of course. But as we get older, we begin to have personal agency, uh, and we begin to feel that we want to create and make decisions. And I think, especially, have felt that uh, our agency has been stunted. We feel all the more uh, hoping that God becomes an ally and brings to fruition the things that we understand to be for our good. You know, as uh, I, I, I think whilst we're especially still young in the faith, we find that our limitations or the things that uh, get in our way or the things that we're just outright not given, you know, for example, uh, you know, a person is, you know, has every hope and dream to get into some sort of uh, professional school and uh, they just they don't and uh, they've really applied themselves they've given it their all it's the only thing they've been speaking about for years and it's uh, they've met a wall and they're frustrated i would say what you actually are what point you've actually reached isn't a defeat but is a new possibility there is now God calling you to something that you have not ordained. And if you look again to scripture, many of the prophets and many, and in fact, the, the disciples and the apostles, they themselves did not have much input into the beauty and to the possibilities that God had put for, forward before them. And perhaps if they were told at the outset that uh, this was the design, they might have said, no, thank you. How many would do you see St. Peter who... Uh, was ultimately crucified uh, upside down, having been like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea, uh, when Christ first spoke to him? Of course not. But it, it was through the uh, the challenge, the suffering, the uh, 
uh, unmet expectations. In fact, actually, he was, of course, as we see in Scripture, devastated that Christ even died on the cross, and he couldn't uh, accept that. But he continued, he persevered. He met the unknown with, uh, with a, a fidelity and a trust in God. I know that you are ever my Lord. You will not leave me, even the things that I do not have. May they be unto my salvation and a blessing unto me. Lord, please lead me and guide me. I don't know where we're going, but I know that in the end, I, I shall understand. Okay, on that note, thank you so much for being here with us. Nice chatting. Thanks again for tuning in today. Just a reminder that if anything we've said resonated with you, be sure to take a moment to reflect and pray. If you need more guidance or support, please seek out a trusted friend, family member, mentor, or mental health professional. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Orthodox Church. And on that note, we're your hosts, Miriam and Mary, and it was so great catching up with you today. Till next time, love you, bestie.